Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry Austin. Rafa, uh, you're wearing something kind of nice today. Uh, you want to tell us what you're wearing? Yeah, just modeling the new uh, SAFC home jersey. Ready for March 11th. You got, even got the even got the patch, Ooh. the new USO patch. But I'm still waiting for the bat, the championship badge. We need a championship badge here in the middle. Kind of tell the guys of the soccer factory, hey, you say I saw I saw the Atlas jersey have one. Why not? I mean, Argentina's got one. Why not? Why yeah, SAFC? They Are need we a, getting one? US, we should be. I think we should. I don't know. That's, I guess it's going to be up to the USL or. Or, or them. Maybe we have to take a poll out. Yeah, it, it'll 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 be interesting to see how this goes here. Uh, so Royce is uh, spending money in Vegas with with the, with the misses. So uh, uh, congrats uh, to um, I hope him and his wife are having uh, Susie are having a good time in Vegas. Robert. Um, Celebrating Obama's first win uh, since they gave it away last week uh, for that here. So, Robert, where are you? Uh, Matt, uh, thank you for all the work you're doing behind the scenes for that here. So, not a lot uh, to do on the show here tonight. Support still a, a slow week, um, player movement-wise. However... They did come off with an announcement, which we had heard rumors that there was going to be a nice surprise. And um, how, how nice is a surprise is this? Uh, July 15th, an international friendly against Sunderland, who at the time the announcement was made were in a playoff position to go up to the Premier League. Uh, since then, lost this weekend, uh, so they are now out of the playoff uh, picture right now for uh, the promotion. But uh, of course, still what three months left in the season doesn't go. It goes till mid-May, I think, pretty yeah. close right into May. Um, and with the uh, World Cup, it might, I don't think they extended the season, right? I don't think they could because of player contracts, right? So yeah. Uh, It'll be wrapped up uh, by that time frame here. But uh, your thoughts on SAFC versus SAFC? Los Gato Blancos versus the Black Gatos Negros. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a fun, a fun game. I mean, to have a team that was has been in the Premier League, you know, come to San Antonio. I know what the last team we had was um, from Cardiff City. Cardiff City. So this is a great. Great move by the you know by the by the franchise there to bring bring them here. Uh, so that Southern's had a story, you know, being one of the older teams. But it's great, you know, it's it's going to be fun. And uh, if if uh, SAFC marketing is watching, make some commemorative scars for this game. Yes, because <laughs> I'll buy one. Yeah, it's, yeah, make some um, make some make some. Game game scars for this game, so it, I mean it's a once in a lifetime to play a team from the that was in the EPL. Yeah, they've got two FA Cup wins. Uh, Eighteen seventy nine is the year they were formed. Uh, they have a Netflix series that went 
two years, I think, uh, maybe even three. Uh, Sunderland was it Sunderland till I die? Uh, for yep. that here and uh, um, it just it, to to me, like I said here, Sunderland does you know is having a U.S. tour. Um, I thought it was funny that they're going to land in Austin and travel down to San Antonio uh, for it just because sometimes Austin flying into Austin is cheaper than, you know, San Antonio for those that uh, need to know uh, if you are flying out from San Antonio, check Austin because sometimes you may find a cheaper, uh, cheaper flight, you know, for, you know, an hour, hour drive. Then after they play us, they'll they'll travel to New Mexico, play uh, New Mexico United uh, at the baseball field, um, which I thought is kind of interesting uh, <laughs> for that here. And then um, they'll fly out to North Carolina. Rumor is it's probably North Carolina FC that they're going to face, although last I checked that has not been announced, and then they'll fly, fly back home. Um, for the hair, so you know, it's it's a, a little probably a 10 day trip, you figure, uh, maybe a little bit longer, two weeks at most, uh, for Sunderland mid July. So it'll be interesting to kind of see the players that they bring in. Um, I guess I don't know if there's is there any major Euros tournaments going on this? Just um, is it the Euros? No, next year's the Euros, and yeah, we have. Uh, they have uh, what's it called? Uh, nation uh, League of Nations. The Nations but that's, League. Yeah, so I, I don't think that's interfering much with these with these preseason games because most of those most of those players should be back. And so, but I'm sure some Southerners got a real hyped up coming here, playing the best team in Texas. I'm sure they're going to say hi to Austin. Hey, we're going to go play the best team in Texas because the one that has the Copa Tejas, the real Copa Tejas. So it's going to be it's going to be fun, and also it's a good exposure. You know who. Who knows? Out of this, maybe some type, some type of partnership. You know, uh, you know, to learn from these, you know, a team that's been in the EPL, it's, um, you know, kind of share some things with our with our franchise. And who's to say? Maybe they haven't. Maybe I have an eye on one of our players. <laughs> Hopefully not right now, but maybe take them in the future. Well, that's my question. You know, take somebody like Pirano uh, as an example. Um, now, I don't think he, he, you know, to say that he's going to go from a, a league in Portugal to back to San Antonio and then be picked up by, uh, you know, you know, by a championship level team. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but, you know, like I said here, to me, that's something that I'd be interested to see is kind of, you know, some of the young young kids and the opportunities that this may open up the door to just being able to kind of see um, the opportunities, you know, that, that, are, that are given to them uh, for that here. So this was a bonus game. So tickets are on sale already. I would suggest if you want tickets to get them now, um, not wait till, you know, beginning of July. Uh, Cause I know I picked up some extra seats. I know of several other people that have picked up extra seats. So uh, to me, it's not something that I would I, I, I would wait if, if that was something that uh, did have your attention uh, for that here. Then the next thing here, uh, we signed on loan from the Colorado Rapids, uh, Michael Edwards, a center back. Um, a lot of us may remember him from the Colorado Springs switchbacks uh, that he played in here. 
um i forget which one of us is the one that found it. i think it was robert uh back when patino got his red card the person that he interacted with was a young mr edwards uh who baited baited him to uh to uh uh you know respond to the there so but he has grown quite a bit uh to me he was their best uh you know best defender um i reached out to uh <clears throat> matt pollard uh you know for you know who covers the rapids um he does the podcast kicking the high line uh, if you haven't heard of uh, heard of him uh, he, he he mentioned that, uh, and I quote, a really good young player, was one of the reliable defensive players for Rapids 2 last year. Uh, he's been great in every switchback schemes that he played in that, uh, that you know, he's seen uh, right, uh, walked right into a starting lineup, and he did, and he played pretty much every minute. Um, you know, he's hoping that he can take, uh, you know, the next step. Um, he wasn't going to spend much time on the bench this year start for, you know, Rapids 2 because, you know, the, the quality between MLS Next Pro and 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 you know USL Championships is still a big difference. Uh, I was looking at it, he's probably fourth or fifth on the uh, Rapids um, depth chart for center back. So minus any injuries, you are there. Also, don't expect him, um, I don't think, for Open Cup as well. So that's one thing to kind of, you know, on these players that are loaned out, um, especially where, with the Rapids here, uh, you know, since they have the ability to recall him. Um, and the Rapids are playing quite a bit of, um, quite a bit, you know, have the potential to play, what, 40, 50 matches with the new MLS playoff structure, depending on how far they go along those lines here. So um, depth will be important, but center back's one of those, you know, unless there's injury, typically you don't make much changes, right? You know, because you can rotate usually, you know, three, maybe four if needed. But if you've got a good three that you can rotate, because if you're subbing for a center back, typically that's not a good thing. So uh, as Austin FC found out last night, so. <laughs> Your thoughts on Edwards? Uh, this is a great pickup. I mean, he's, like I said, is a prototypical uh, player out of, for loan for SAFC, MLS experience. Uh, we know his background. I'm sure the uh, the uh, Switchback fans, I know the Switchback fans are not happy about this. They were not happy, hey. yes. So, you know, we're happy. We're, we're happy. Hey, he, he, he's going to hopefully help. I'll keep the keep the cup with us, and I, I think he will do good things. He's also got some good size, and I think that's what our defense is. Over. Always mm -hmm. had, yes, yeah, six three, and that's your protocol, typical Marcina, you know, you know, center back. And like I said, it's basically kind of like another Camiri as far as you know being that tall. So it's a good pickup. We'll see how he does. I think he'll mesh well with Tainer. With Garcia, you know, and then even Manley too. If Manley, you know, plays in the back three as well, uh, so I think we just made our, our, you know, like I said, our defense a lot better with this signing. Who knows? Like I said, we're probably still maybe looking for another one. We'll see. I think I think we need a rotation of five, but this is a great pickup for us. To me, and I just lost my train of thought here. 
The reason why this move was important is because the other player uh, was it Sam Junka, and if I'm sorry, mispronounced who was photographed in camp, um, who we were kind of tipped off that you know he he was in camp with San Antonio and and close to signing or you know may have signed at the time uh, was actually traded uh, from FC Dallas to or pardon me, from Houston Dynamo to FC Dallas uh, based on the first rights of refusal. Um, you know, you can just say, hey, that's more funny Garber uh, Garber rules because that was, uh, he was out of contract with Houston, but because he didn't get selected in the reentry drafts and along those lines, that's that's where that comes into play. Uh, so he was traded, and, and like I said here, I don't fault uh, Sam for getting the opportunity to go to MLS uh, with FC Dallas. Now, how they orchestrated it's a one-year deal with two uh option years uh for fc dallas so you know for team options so and you got to figure you know i'm not saying san antonio wasn't playing uh, paying him well but you know fc dallas is probably paying him a little bit better just because of his his veteran status uh for that here so uh san antonio missed out on him so I think that made the Edwards signing even more pivotal uh, for, you know, for San Antonio FC. The advantage of Edwards, though, is he plays on the side with Manley, where uh, Sam played on the side of Tainter um, along those lines here. So I personally, for me, you know, you know I like the signing of Edwards uh, because, you know, like I said here, I think, you know, as you mentioned here, kind of that Camary role. Uh, for right here. Question is, do you think he's a starter or do you think Manley's still a starter? Depending on the matchups of the games, I think that it's going to depend who gets. Honestly, if he's gone on loan, he's, he's probably going to start. So more than likely, does that push out Manley out to, to the right side or the, you know, on the wing? which he can't play that position and he's done well there, you know, so, but that also affects, you know, do you bring in out Colin Maloney into the inside, but then like I said, do you leave out PC or a boo? So, it, but that's a good problem to have because you have players you can, you know, put in and out and so forth. I, I think there'll be a rotation to keep everybody fresh. I think kind of, especially what happened last year with all the injuries we had, you know, I think that's what you're going to see. You'll probably see him start somewhere, maybe, Depending, they want to key on somebody, and then, like I said, maybe Valley will play. You know, start the other game. So it, it's it's a good problem to have, and I, I think that's that's been the San Antonio where the, the last few year, couple of years is having players that can play multiple positions and so forth. And we're not going to miss a beat on there. But Edwards, like I said, he's going to be a good pickup. So if we need a really kind of strengthening our back three, like I said, he's going to be you know he'll, he'll be a complement to Tanner and Garcia there. You know, and then maybe move madly out, like I said, on the wing for certain situations. So looking at who we who we have, because we, uh, you know, so the roster sets now at seventeen. Um, you know, with the signing of Michael Edwards, season kicks off uh, less than two weeks now, right? 11, 13 days, because there's 28, we're 26, so 27, 28, 11, so 13 days from now, 
uh, you know, so two weeks from now, we'll be talking about San Antonio FC in Oakland and the results. Rosters at 17, not not counting any academy players, which they're t- typically will be historically. You figure they're gonna they're gonna carry. Um, well, they need one more just for the. Well, well, you carry 11, right? Five, seven on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. Um, typically, seven on the bench, minimums five. So they they have a full roster now, um, minus they can carry six on the bench. So. You figure in the next three, uh, three, you know, next two weeks. So you got to figure this has got to be a big week for player movement to, outside of of next week. What number do you think they start the season at? You think they, you know, want to get to twenty twenty one, not counting academy kids, or you think they'd be okay rolling out eighteen, nineteen senior rosters? I think eighteen is a good is a good number because you have seven. Well, six field players plus your goalkeepers, so you have seven bench players. I, th- I think that's what they're going to initially start with. And then from there, after maybe maybe a, a month or, or maybe a month and a half into the season, then they'll reevaluate, okay, what do we really need? And that's what happened last year around May, June, when we brought in a Ditterin. And uh, I, think that's, I think that's the game plan they have is, okay, we, Let's see what we have here, how we do. If we have to bring in some firepower in, we'll, and I'm sure they have their eye on somebody, you know, they'll, they'll make they'll make that deal to, you know, for that loan. Uh, but who knows? They may could bring in another, like I said, they could bring in another player this week, um, depending what area, maybe another defender, because another defender or another uh, player out, outside on the wing. You know, just to add some depth, because we are kind of, as far as wingers, we're kind of maybe a little. I know we have some players that can play both, both you know, inside and outside, but I think we want to add a little depth on there. I still think we need another forward up top. I think we need someone that. I think we need a center forward. Uh, that that's going to gonna me, approach goals. To me, that's the big hole in, in this lineup. Um, some other player uh, player news. We've talked about it, danced around it. Santiago Patino. Uh, signed with uh, Avia FC, and uh, I think they're what in second division in Brazil, uh, Serie B. Serie B. Uh, on the twenty first, it was officially announced, so he's he's officially off the table. Um, Jordan Ambiala, um, you know, signed with the uh, Las Vegas Lights on the twenty first, um, as well. So really, out Jordi Delim and uh, Abdul Salam, um, who you know, hopefully I'm going to uh, do a podcast with Royce on Wednesday, uh, you know, to kind of see because he's out in Vegas and we haven't had him on to get his views of of what's going on uh, for the here. So we may have a double episode of of uh, uh, SA Soccer, or pardon me, San Antonio FC fan cast here uh, for that here. So, and then. Kind of the the strange one to me is, is Nicky Hernandez. There's been some sightings of him around an arena fo- uh, arena soccer team. He's only 23. I thought he was kind of productive here. Um, are you still kind of surprised that there hasn't been any more whispers? Whether it's MLS Next Plus, you know, Next Pro, you know, USL Championship. I thought he's a quality USL Championship. He's young. Um, we had that yeah. nice goal. I mean, in Pittsburgh, that game 
he really helped us win that game. I, I'm wondering if there was something off the field or in locker room that occurred that why, that's why SAFC's not brought him back. I, I, have, I have a feeling some, some, that might be the case, and that's why he's – and then also you would think maybe some of the other USL teams would try to pick him up, and if, he, if the other teams have not signed him, then the, there's, there, the, something must have happened. And but even, um, like... you know, even, you know, Houston Dynamo to um, obviously North Texas isn't, isn't taking a shot, you know, because FC Dallas let him go. You know, Austin FC. USL one. USL League ones. Yeah, it's just it's it's um, to me, that's the mystery. Um, Said Abdul Salam. Um, you know, I'm going to let Royce kind of share the story. Um if you haven't checked his social media accounts, please do, because there's a good feel-good story about him and his family. He's 30. He was a late-season adjustment. You know, I think if any team's looking to kind of bring in somebody late just for that veteran leadership, that's where he comes into play. Jordy DeLem, 28, uh, maybe 29 now, depending on when his birthday is. Um, pivotal down the stretch. Um I'm still kind of shocked that nobody's kind of kicked the wheels on him. Um, I haven't really heard or seen anything about him. Um, And and not just talking about San Antonio, just in general, like somebody like RGV, you know, El Paso, something, you know, something along those lines where you bring in that kind of leadership. uh, Even Vegas was how bad their team was. (laughs) You know, Vegas would think like teams like Vegas or even um, Memphis. Memphis Memphis with all the changes in me. Um, but even even some of the teams out east, I mean, look at Charleston, they kind of rebuilt Pittsburgh. Think maybe in Pittsburgh. You would think mm-hmm. that someone like a player like him with his leadership, it would be good to have in the locker room. So, you know, that that's just kind of odd in some of these players, unless unless there's some loyalty maybe to us. He's just kind of waiting and hey, just call me when you need me, I'm ready to go. I mean, he I think for me, I think we we should sign him. Just for that, what he did at the, towards the end of the season and to the playoffs, you know, he stepped up, especially when we lost at we lost PC. He he mm-hmm. was very pivotal, especially on that championship game. So, it, and having him in the locker room, you know, I'm sure that, that leadership is going to help. So, hopefully, maybe SAFC changes their mind before someone else does. But I I think you're right about you know playing finding a player up top. Uh, who's to say maybe you don't give a St. Louis a call? If they're not going to play somebody up there. <laughs> I checked on that now. The guy that they brought in scored a brace against Austin. Um, he is injury. Uh, I guess has a history of injuries. And even in that match, uh, after he scored his brace, he went off with a slight injury. I don't think it's anything serious or anything along those lines. Um, I was talking with Phil, uh, who does flyover footy, used to do the USL show. Um, you know, all around great guy. And he's like, Depending on the matchup, uh, Sam will be getting opportunities because um, I was like, hey, is, is he third, fourth? He's like, no, he's a solid third, close to the second spot. Um, but him and, and the first one kind of marry each other, the big bodies along those lines. So he's not as much as I was like, oh, hey, he's not even in the 18. He's like, no, there, there are a lot of plans for Sam. Um, I think it's going to depend on that, that matchup uh, for that here. 
So, and, and to be fair, St. Louis as an expansion team doesn't have a lot of depth uh, at this point. So, um, wishful thinking. Um, would love to see him here back in San Antonio again, but uh, obviously, um, you know, I think you know for for his career, he's hoping to get more minutes with uh, with with um, with uh, St. Louis City, uh, who beat Austin FC last night uh, in a. Very entertaining match. Um, Austin FC is upset. Uh, I will say Kip Keller, um, young center back who got subbed on on the 11th minute due to an injury for their starter. Unfortunately, had one of those one of the one of those gaffes that's going to be shown for for years. Uh, I don't know if you remember growing up the football folly videos uh, that would go around that you'd see. Uh, used to be a, D, uh, v, a VHS uh, for that. Here, you'd plug it in and, and watch the boneheaded plays. That's gonna, unfortunately for the kid. That's going to be one. Just it's he passed it right to the St. Louis City player that was standing back. You know, you will call him the the also also the Samana, the bear of the week. <laughs> well, it's going to be on the. It's it's got to be on the. ESPN used to do a, a not ten. It was it not ten highlight. Basically, the the bone you know top ten boneheads and. You'll probably be there tomorrow morning. It's gonna it's gonna be up there. It just it it you know it basically it was a clear goal that 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 went through. Um, so I guess there's no way to sugarcoat the next part here. Uh, San Antonio traveled to you know to El Paso for a friendly. Um, closed well, wasn't closed door actually. Uh, there were fans there. Uh, season ticket uh, members, of, you know, I'm not sure the exact park that it was at uh, for the or sporting the soccer fields along those lines. Uh, San Antonio FC, and and I'll just say. I hate how how personally I hate how they're setting this up here. Uh, that San Antonio FC draws El Paso 0-0 and the Academy falls 0-2. But then you read it and it was like because El Paso came back said, "Hey, we beat San Antonio, you know, 2-0." And so the first team drawing you know 0-0 in 75 minutes before a lineup of San Antonio FC players took over for the final 15 minutes, and then they gave up two goals to. Uh, Aaron Gomez, who is one of the uh, good players for uh, El Paso. Um, and then, you know, San Antonio plays their final uh, friendly against the Houston Dynamo on March 3rd. <sighs> I hate how they try to split it up and spin it. It's preseason. Coach Marcina says, hey, the results don't matter. So why try to sugarcoat it? I do, you know, I, I don't like it here and, and I know El Paso you know kind of tweeted back at him and was like really um but your thoughts um the only thing we really have is the lineups and and the change uh two changes that they made which we can get into in a second here but your thoughts on to me the to me the early part about San Antonio FC and and you know I joked around in in, in our chat here of Oh my gosh, we can't score. Um, you know, we're, we're doomed. We're doing the OC. Um, offense is lagging behind. Um, defense is solid so far. Only allowed one goal as far as with the with the with the with the starters and you know the academy. You know, like the Tulsa match. You know, they allowed when the academy came on. I think they would allowed six. I think it was was something something like that here. And then 
Um, you know, obviously they gave up too late here uh, for there. But your thoughts on the actual match? You know, there's not a lot of talk about it outside of the 18 and the two subs here. Um, anything that you have that you want to comment on? It's just more of, like I mentioned last time, it's, it's just it's building the chemistry or, or integrating the new players into the system, uh, you know, to, to what to expect coming up this season. But, you know, you are, you know, maybe our concerns about the goal scoring. But if you remember last year, we, we really won a we lot of close goals. Except for when we played some of those cupcake teams, that's when we kind of we reported on. But you know, I think we're we're built. I think our team's built for one zero games or two zero games, like you know we saw last year. I mean, we saw like with like I said, the final against Louisville, they were supposed to be this high octane offense, and they they couldn't do crap. So, and we just kind of pick them apart as far as you know, picked our spots when we scored our goals. Just to kind of you know be like a little opportunist there, but that's just that's just a Mar- Marcina ball there. So, but it, like I said, eventually, you know, we may have to f- find someone because if you look, like I said, you lost Adair and you lost Santi. You know, those those are two ten plus goal scorers on your team. So, how do you supplement that? You know, coming into the season, I know we have Nacho, and I think Nacho could, is capable of doing that. And also Dylan, you know, to an extent, but still we need to add more depth. And I think we do need to find like a poacher that's going to do some damage, you know, that's going to make a difference that can kind of create shots, kind of like what Dittering did, you know, out of the mm-hmm. blue and may make those in. So I think I think they may have an eye on somebody and they're going to be working on, on it. And then who knows, we'll throw, throw a surprise for the rest of the USL teams. So this is the lineup that they announced. Uh, I think it was probably three-four-three. Although you could argue it's a three-five-two uh, for that here. You think it was more of a three-four-three to start out, or I think I think it was a three-five-two with Laurel kind of lagging behind both our forwards, and he's more the attacking mid. And then you have PC Maloney and PC there at your, at your central mid, you know, central kick, taking care of the center there. So, yeah, that's what you're going to kind of see there, kind of like little diamond shape there in that area. And then this is what you talked about here Michael Edwards, who's always worn 34. So, I've already assigned him 34. That hasn't been announced publicly, but uh, every video that I've seen, he's worn 34. I don't believe we have a 34 on the roster as of yet. So, um, until uh, advised otherwise, I'm giving him the 34 shirt. Uh, so Tanner Garcia Edwards, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, to me, you know, will be your starting. Uh, as you talked, it kind of pushes Manly kind of out, you know, to the outside here where he can play. And he started last year um, as well. But, you know, if, if he needs to go into the middle, you know, go back to center back, he can. Um, Gomez over here. Maloney can also play over there. Um, and then, of course, PC, uh, the captain, and I'm assuming he's still going to be the captain. I think these two will actually be your two captains here. Uh, we'll do a co-captaincy again here. Um, I was kind of surprised by the pairing of, of Nacho and Hanson. Um, Dylan Smith. Um, and then, uh, what was it, 30 minutes? I want to say it was 30 minutes in. Let me see here. They did a sub of 
Pirano for Loret. You know, we're assuming. But the one that kind of surprised me was Nacho coming off and Juan Carlos Azucar coming on. So to me, when they did that, do you think they went kind of more to a 3-4-3? Three, three? You know, where you have, you know, Juan Carlos on, on the outside, and I forget, forgot to see which, which side that he goes on. I think these are reversed, right? Yeah. And then you will have Maloney right behind um, uh, Nico. So you think Maloney will be? And then PC right behind Maloney, right behind Maloney. So, you... so that's your holding mid there. That's your attacking mid right there. So, so you they think, would probably, like said, we'll, we'll we'll have Royce hop on to see what he thinks. Um, I think that's well. what they did there. If they did play a three four three, that's what you're going to see there, because Maloney's going to be your, your you know, like I said, your attacking mid. PC's always been your kind of your holding mid, but he's going to have more of the ball there, also to kind of distribute to the outside. I, I think that kind of makes sense. You know, you have Piranha outside who cut in. Um, I'm sure he was. Um, Marcina was probably experimenting to see if this. You know, if this kind of lineup works in this formation, you know, and like I said, you can always plug in like a boo NPC's role in, in that formation too, because he's a he's a natural holding mid. Yeah, so Juan Carlos is always going to be on the uh, the left hand side here. So yeah, so through here, um, could you see them? Because the, to me, Juan Carlos has always always played on the outside. Could you see kind of something like this, where you know that three five, uh, you know, what was it? What would this be? Kind of a a three so four a three, two four. one types type one, or you know, yeah, three, four, you can three, do but yeah. a little bit more narrower. Yeah, they played something. So I think they played a couple of times like that, and but they still allowed freedom for your two attacking mids. swap, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know they could also play that too as well. I, I can I can see that there. But with Juan Carlos, historically, his big things has been has been on the far left, and that's because of speed and his ability to cut to to cut in. You think if he plays more in that that limits him, or you think that could you know that opens him up to a different game? I think well with Shannon on the wing. You know, it's it's going to be real difficult as far as as far as defending them because you're going to have two speed guys there. You know, he I pushes up. Yeah, he can go back and forth, and he can also cover for him if he has to, or or he can trail back, or or if he does, like Shannon gets the ball, sends the ball out to the you know down the line for him, Juan Carlos to get, and then Shannon comes in to the inside, yeah, to cross back in. So it's I think it's just different combinations there. I think you're going to cause problems there on the outside. And I think that's what we did a lot last year. And I'll, hopefully we can have more play on the outside so we can cross, send some crosses, especially to our, our big forwards like, like Dylan and Nacho. And then it's in two as well. So not a lot that we can give to you report on to it. You know, the contact that I have with Sir Siloco wasn't at the match uh, for that here. Um, looking at the El Paso Twitter, because they were they were tweeting a, a lot more active than San Antonio was. It was one of those where San Antonio was had the opportunities, 
Um, but you know, the, the El Paso goalkeeper, you know, made saves, hit the crossbar, you know, defense, you know, you know, at the last second. So, you know, it is what it is. It's preseason doesn't really matter a whole lot. You know, I'm more interested just to kind of see on how the formation wise kind of looks like here. Yeah. Um, to me, interest, uh, I'm very interested that Juan Carlos is playing more on attacking side, more up top you know, what we previously have seen uh, with, you know, when he was with Oakland and I think even when he was with the RGV uh, playing more, you know, playing more on top, but he does have that capability, you know, as you mentioned here, to switch between him and Shannon, uh, which is going to be very, very dangerous, you know, along those lines here. But to me, like I said here, whether it's Dylan Hanson, Maloney, uh, Smith, um, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how how that does, but I I do think we're missing that clear goal scorer uh, mm-hmm. for that here. And, and I know Dylan's got the only goal on the year so far, and, and yeah. you know, very limited action. But um, but to me, like I said here, from here back, you know you know, you know the back line midfield, I think we're solid outside of maybe building some depth. The to me the question mark for San Antonio FC is, is it's up top is up top is, is who's going to score the goals center mids and our and our and our back three it's 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 solid. even the outside solid it's it's are we going to get productivity up front especially with the two losses that we had we we just had you know with the deer in it it's up. Toronto and Larrera do you think they're do you think they're kind of the the quarterbacks this year of the offense. I think so. They're, they're, they, they're the two that that can create through here, although Juan Carlos can also create as well. Um, and we haven't yeah. seen uh, Kamari Smith or Nico Hansen uh, for that here. But we know Pirano can. We've seen in limited action David Larrera can definitely do so. So to me, are they kind of the keys to, to the offense? You know, base, you know, I, I know we're two preseason games in. Do you think they're going to be the key to to the offense? Yeah, because of their, with their speed and their quickness and the touch of the ball, they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be the creators for our two forwards to get into space and be able to take those take those shots because they're gonna they're gonna attract a lot of the attention from a lot of the you know on the attack. So hopefully that frees up the, our forwards there to take shots on goal. Any final thoughts on the El Paso match? We just have to be a little more efficient and get better playing, playing up, you know, get some goals because that's that's the whole thing. We gotta put some goals into the net. I think I think we'll eventually we'll, we'll find the right combination and the guys will get get one. Hopefully, with this game against Houston, you know, coming up against Houston, we'll we'll get through we'll get through it. So. Real Madrid dropped points this weekend. Barcelona lost to a team in in the uh, relegation zone uh, in uh, La Liga. Uh, U.S. and Mexico, what, U-17s are playing? 2-0, Mexico. 2-0, so Mexico, you know, U.S. is giving it to Mexico right now. Uh, It sounds like here, although... MLS kicked off last night. Uh, If you didn't check out the Apple Plus... 
it was pretty good. Um, I thought it was, you know, like I said here, solid. You know, the MLS 360, uh, definitely worth the time, especially, you know, I, I will say the end of the uh, first set of games where they had like six, seven goals kind of back to back to back, right, you know, right at the end of the games. Uh, was kind of, was kind of thrilling to have them bounce around. Did have commercials, which kind of irritated me a little bit, you know, coming from the red zone. But you know, you know, MLS has uh, already kicked off. USL in two weeks. Uh, League One in a couple week in a couple weeks. The other big news, and it's kind of San Antonio related, maybe. Uh, Corpus Christi uh, FC announced that their stadium. Should be completed uh, for next year, uh, for that year, or you know, rumored to be completed. They have already broke ground, uh, evidently, and permits are being approved uh, by the city of Corpus Christi. So exciting news, a 5,000-seat stadium, soccer-specific, uh, so they won't be playing at, uh, was it Whataburger Park, uh, I think, yeah. uh, where, where the Hooks play. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be awesome for them. Uh, obviously San Antonio's, you know, in championship, somebody mentioned that, that Corpus Christi could be a championship team. I, I, although I think they're more going to be league one, um, you know, if there's promotion relegation, yeah, hundred percent, but I think they're going to start out league one. Um, that, that, I think that'd be kind of nice, uh, you know, open cup, uh, for that here. Oh, did we talk about the Open Cup? We talked about the Open yeah, Cup last week. last week, right? Where, where's uh, the stadium going to be built at? Like, where exactly um, Corpus? Hold on here. Or they're doing it towards the downtown or like near Waterbury Park. Uh, hold on one second here. Uh, it says is located on Old Brownsville Road between San Padre Island and Doctor, uh, or, or pardon me, San, uh, San Padre Island Drive and Cliff Massis Drive. So let's see. That's so probably the that's the east end. Hold on that's the east end here. of Corpus. So what road, Corpus Christ, between South Padre? South Padre Island Road. Which is a Highway 358. Yeah, there's some open mm -hmm. limits where I think, yeah, the old Bronzo Road 358. There's some open land looking at the map. So, yeah, that it's near the airport. Not too far. It's not too far from the airport. Cliff Masses, Rover's Cliff. Staples. Paul Jones, Flower Bluff. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's a big road though that it's on, right? Three fifty eight. Yeah, that's like the that's the the main road in Corpus. If it's off off of Old Brownsville Road and three fifty eight, yeah, there's plenty of land there that they can build the the stadium. Yeah, okay, so so there's Cliff Mason. Just trying to take a look, 358. Just trying to see the other road that they're talking about. So that's West Point, so Cliff Mason. Barely. Yeah, I see where yeah, it's so near South Padre, uh, located on Brown between. Oh, so South Padre is three fifty eight. So Bearman. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So it's right here. here. So it's not too far away from Westo. So. So yeah, it there's looks plenty like right of land. In this area. Yeah. So that make that makes sense there because that's the only really the only place they can really build there. As far as the stadium. Unless they go more eastwards, which I doubt they would because it's just too far. This is more central location because it's closer Plus to... Plus with the hurricanes, mm -hmm. this would be <laughs> far enough, and I hate bringing that up, but that, that's, that, that's got to be a, a concern here. So it is kind of on the... So here's downtown Corpus. Yeah. It's going to be more... It's kind of... If you're comparing it to kind of San Antonio, probably on like 1604, right? Uh, it's probably you know, like be at Fer like Ferris Stadium because <laughs> yeah, on the outskirts. So, but that helps just, them because just, they have, you have you have fans from like uh, Cal and, and and Flower Bluff, and so it'd be a closer drive for enough uh, far above uh, Robstown and Kingsville. So it's 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 closer to them. So that's a good location for them. But here's 37 too. So. Yeah. If you're coming from Gregory Portland or, or Portland, you know, along this, along this side here, you know, you go over the bridge and then come through in 358, right? Yeah, three, you know, right onto 358 and through there. So, to me, location-wise, I think it's it's ideal because you know, I was it's ideal. I was like, hey, a little bit closer to the to you know to the bay there, but really being honest, because Whataburger Park's over just under the bridge. Is just is over right in there. this is over in this area, uh, you know, for right here. So interesting location, uh, like I said here, um, you know, Corpus Christi uh, plays in League Two right now. Their schedule just came out uh, for that here in PSL. There's, I think their schedules came out as well. Well, their team divisions have came out. I don't know if their schedule has gone out um, at this point here. Uh, so there is a Whataburger. You'd have to think Whataburger is going to sponsor them, right? You'd, you'd like yeah. to think be, being a yeah. Corpus team. The only Matt. drawback that that I could see here is there. You know, if you know from a supporter section, um, there's not a lot around that area at this point. You got a convenience store, uh, Rico Smokehouse and Catering. You know, truck service. You know, Whataburger. So hopefully the tailgate wise, you know, they can do it here, you know, traveling, you know, traveling fans would have a Fairmont and comfort suites uh, within, a, within a walking distance uh, for that here. So 
Um, but no, that, that's exciting news for uh, Corpus. Um, I know it's something that they announced pre-COVID uh, and, and COVID, unfortunately, you know, impacted it. And then, you know, of course, inflation and all that great stuff now. Um, not helping the situation along those lines here. So, but that's about what I got here. You have anything else? Uh, well, that stadium, I, I bet you eventually that's going to be probably the host site for the Region 4 5A soccer tournament. Mm -hmm. I want I to be surprised that they moved because they usually play that cat, 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 uh, spark. I think more if I'm, if I'm want to showcase that stadium, I'll move the, the 5A boys and girls regional tournament there and just to put it to use. Maybe they also attract, you know, maybe – their their teams, you know, the their local soccer teams fans and so forth. So it's it's gonna make I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great for them. Yeah, if you want to get more details on the stadium, it's uh, uh, through Next Sports Co. Uh, so N-E-X-T Sports Co. Co. Uh, it's the Corpus Christi Sports Complex. This is ideally how they're gonna have it set up. This is supposed to, from my understanding, supposed to be um, a hotelish, obviously parking. Um, and, and then the soccer field. So they're wanting to have this, um, you know, you know, basically club tournaments, because from my understanding, there's really not a, so, so this is what they're looking for is a 5,000 uh, soccer seat uh, stadium here. Um, that, but also allows eight flexible multi-sports, you know, trails, children player, concession, one hotel, um, so, you know, it's the typical USL uh, mixed mixed business. Uh, it was originally scheduled to, to be done by 2021 uh, for that year. But they're hoping, you know, college tournaments, youth, youth sports tournaments along those lines here. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be in three phases. Uh, the phase one is the stadium. Uh, phase two and three, you know, you know, you know, are, are going to be the other fields there. So, but, you know, for you know, academy, you know, because there are a couple of solid uh, academies down in, in Corpus uh, for them to be able to attract, uh, be able to have a, a, a site there to where they could have stadiums, because this looks very much like Star, kind of the uh -huh. setup for Star here, um, you know, for that here, um, although they have a hotel uh, built on it, which would be kind of nice. Uh, to, to me, it looks like here, you know, for the city of Corpus, you got to think it's going to be, you know, a big positive, you know, for South Texas because uh, uh, what Texas A&M Corpus Christi is down there as well, right? Yeah, so, and, that might, and that might be a place for them to play at too. So, because they are a Division One team, I think in the Southland Conference. So I, I don't know if they have girls and boys soccer or what the you know what the situation is, but it's not the girls um, team, the women's team. So. But to me, like I said here, it's it, it is I actually could have just went right here, 5102 Brownsville Circle. Uh for right here. Uh for here. So yeah. Well, it's actually behind on the other side. Yeah. So it's it's through. So it's it's right here. On I was thinking it was more on this corner over here, but no, it's gonna be right right across the street from you know from an elementary school. So it's probably this this lot right here um on on the other side here so but either way like i said it's a huge positive for uh, corpus christi uh for the high schools for the club teams um and as you did mention yeah for region four uh for uh, prep sports 
it wouldn't shock me. Uh, Football-wise, also be played there as well. Of course, so, the Islanders decide to have a football team, <laughs> which is a possibility. Hey, RGV is. RGV yeah. is. Yeah. So, uh -oh. um, and, and, you know, for that here, so. That to me, that's positive news. Uh, you know, especially for you know for South Texas, and and to me, and, and I've said this before, UTSA. Um, if yeah, to me, and, and I know there's a Title Nine issues, but getting the uh, getting a men's soccer program, I think would would really enhance. Uh, the opportunities uh, for soccer players locally uh, in south and you know south south and central Texas, um, and hopefully at some point we're able to do that. You know because UT doesn't have it. You know the only one that really does is what uh, SMU I think it has has it uh, as far as for the big schools. Well, SMU has a D one and Carner Words a D one for for men's. Uh, you also have. Um, Houston Christian used to be the first school formerly known as Houston Baptist. Yes. Uh, UTRGV has a men's team for, for you know, division one. So that's the, those are the, I think the only four teams you have, you know, as far as division one soccer, but then you have your division two, but I mean, that's a surprising that the big 12 doesn't have a men's soccer. That's, that's shocking there. You would think a UT Oklahoma men's soccer. Imagine that, that being a rivalry game. You know, for that would really, I think that would bring in a lot of money. Oh yeah, just uh, but uh, obviously there's a whole lot of other issues that come into play uh, along those lines here. So, uh, but we reached about our hour. Final thoughts there, Rafa. Uh, just looking forward to see how the the team finishes uh, uh, on the third. See, I know they're going to get to Dynamo. I think Dynamo two. Houston Dynamo two. Yeah. So we'll see, and hopefully maybe we'll get a. Another plane signing signed up this week. Um, they may, could be in the works. We don't give know. Give me two. Give me two. Give me two. Give, give me some forwards. <laughs> give me one that's going to put twenty goals in the season, oh. and then. Um, well, I'm sure every team's like, hey, look, looking for that here as well. Um, is they going to RG, find someone in Argentina like Fomperano? So hey, they have one of his buddies comes comes over here with him and team up with Baloney as well. Uh, but also, just also final thought. Um, Thursday, uh, for the Thursday show, got some rankings, some changes. There were some losses, and there were some there were some ties. And I think I think we're gonna have a new number one for the girls, maybe, possibly, maybe maybe with the boys. We'll see. Got to tune in. Lee, Lee, girls, in trouble. Yeah. So, so, Central know, Catholic so, one so, on the I didn't didn't yeah. check on the soccer side, but I saw yeah. Central Catholic one. Three um, three nil. The Antonian one or congratulations also to Bernie Geneva girls. They they won. They advanced. Same thing with uh GP two girls. They advance. Antonio one two oh over uh Northern Catholic uh uh, for that here, so they won. I'm just trying to go through here the brackets real quick. TMI, uh, mm -hmm. did you see that score? I didn't see that score. TMI five, Beaumont Kelly one. 
Oh. Oh. So TMI is against St. Joseph. That's the that's probably the upset of the of the of the year for taps. Uh so someone must have ate their Wheaties <laughs> that, that day. <laughs> or yeah, this, is Kelly just, this is this is this uh, is boys. And yeah, D three kind of went how you thought. Uh, New Braunfels Christians lost, uh, and uh, British International uh, rolled and uh, Convent rolled. Uh, let me check girls' side real quick here. But yeah, congrats to TMI. Uh, we did. We did not have that. In fact, you had Beaumont winning it all. So that, you know. Uh, yeah, because they had been, like I said, Beaumont Cali had been playing very consistent and. I don't know. They must have caught him on a very bad day, and you know, kudos to TMI. You know, it's what you do in the playoffs, it's not what you do in the regular season. In the regular season. So, girls division one, uh, district one one versus district one three, district one two versus district one four. So, yeah, there we go with that. Uh, San Antonio Christian, the ladies got by Fort Bend Christian Academy one zero. So. They threw Austin. Oh, probably an upset, I think, as well. Uh, St. Michael Catholic out of out of Austin beat Southwest Christian School out of Fort Worth. Um, so they'll face Grapevine. I think you had Southwest going fairly, fairly deep. Uh, yeah, fairly deep. Um, so congrats to them. Oh yeah, sets up uh, JP two in Geneva, four one four two versus the convent. Uh, so. It looks like districts four and district one uh, were, you know, and for a uh, you know division three, Common School and McKinley Christian versus uh, John Paul uh, two and Geneva. So congrats, and both of them won convincingly. Uh, Geneva beat uh, Houston Christian School six zero and JP two one four zero in kind of a, it taps through here. Reason why we're also kind of doing this ahead of here is because they play on the second. Which I think, uh, yeah, before our yeah, show, they, right? Yeah, because they play. I uh, know would be on that show. Yeah, it would be on the show, but on the day it looks like they, so, they play in they the play morning, early. Right? So yeah, so we'll have the results for that for that for the those games. So, but so for San Antonio schools, uh, Antonian Central Catholic uh, TMI uh, JP two for the girls Geneva School uh, for the girls. I think that was it, right? Uh, so uh, we can we, we could have some multiple champions in the San Antonio area after this. Well, week. San Antonio Christian uh, D two for the girls. Um, for that here, so Geneva, you got to start thinking about them popping in your bracket. I know we haven't through your rankings, but uh, yeah, you, you still don't think they get by the convent, right? Out of Dallas. Who who knows now? Because if you're playing that that well, I mean, to put six points, you know, in, in a playoff game like that, it, you know, it, that's a statement. And so you're pretty much you know flying high. GP two because this is this is the third time they're going to face each other. You know, this is going to be a difficult game for JP two, even though they've beaten them twice. Yes, the but they've been time, close matches. Yeah, they've been close matches, and then they're playing at a neutral site. They're playing at Ron Rock, so who who knows what could happen there? And like I said, as long as you, if you get hot during the playoffs, you know, and, and everything kind of pieces are plus, yeah. Sometimes you do have to have some little luck from the soccer gods on your side, but hey, you know, if you're we're turning it up on the field, like I said, like I said, I, I like our chances are here, you know, with our teams, you know, 
I think we're going to end up with you know a couple couple of state champions by the by by Friday. TMI though, I think that's the upset. That one kind of caught you off guard. I won't lie to you. Yeah, yeah, because Bowman Kelly was just killing everybody, and the way they played last year and them dropping down from sixty to five A, I think they had the advantage as far as just the experience and so forth. But you know, kudos to TMI. You know they. They must have figured. They must have figured out something that they exploited and took advantage of. Yeah, or just just about, and that would have been on the road in Beaumont too, right? Because mm-hmm. that round yeah. would have traveled, or or even a neutral side game. The only issue is, is they face uh, Saint uh, Saint Joseph Academy out of Brownsville. And let's see what they're. I think they struggled with them, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but um, to beat more about Kelly, build some confidence. You know, can they now, you know, like I said, Roswell St. Joseph's can't take him light, lightly, especially with that. I'm sure they were probably expecting Beaumont Kelly. And actually, I stand results. corrected here. So they beat well, St. Joe. There's only one St. Joseph's, right? And Roswell, yes. Uh, let me just check there. Make sure. And they made a split the season series. Two one. No, they 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 won. This one, according to Harris, uh, two one two one January second at Canales Field, and then at TMI they won four two. So yeah, they they first match two one and then double the scored in February eleventh here. But as you mentioned, it's a it's a new new it's a new map a new uh. New match at a different location yeah. further up, but Beaumont has to travel further, or not Beaumont, uh, Brownsville has to tra- travel quite a bit further a bit than further. Uh, TMI, because uh, what Round Rock's about, what, well, depending on time of day, hour, hour and a half. An hour and a half. So yeah. Hour, half, two well, hours, uh, depending on. So it'll be a five hour drive for them. But you got to look at, you got to look at TMI now with a huge win like that, the confidence that team has and it's probably be, it's believing itself that they can knock out they can knock off St. Jo- Joseph on, on, in, the, in the semifinal and get to the final. So that's a little bit of uh, the SA soccer round table with the uh, uh, San Antonio fan cast here. Uh, you know, like I said, short weeks, you know, um, you know, and unfortunately, you know, with Royce, uh, um, hopefully, winning enough to uh, to sponsor the show, Royce. Uh, please, you know, you know, please show those earnings, Robert. We, we got to work with you on your Sundays, my friend. You know, uh, you know, with with, with the with the Browns. So. I think Royce can Royce with those earnings. He can buy me those nice Mexico shoes. It's nine and a half, Royce. <laughs> you can bring me those back from the Adidas store. <laughs> Watch him bring back uh, the U.S. ones. Uh, but no, like seriously, all serious, Royce. Uh, hope uh, hope you have a good time and safe travels back uh, for that here. And uh, Rafa, I know you're uh, down uh, down deep in the valley. Uh, you know, so oh, safe travels Laredo. back to you. Right. When are you heading back? Should be back Saturday night because I'll go to oh. Victoria on. Yeah, I, I'm here till Friday, and then Friday I leave to Victoria. I work in Victoria on Saturday for about till noon, and then I have to come back. I have to do a college fair at 
the AT&T Center for, for one of the Spurs games so that they're sponsoring a college for So I'm doing that. And then that's it. And we're traveling for the month of March. So I get to be, lo- be local for the, whole, for the whole month. But I may try to catch out a game here on Tuesday night. Um, one of the Laredo teams see what, what the key matchup because those are the teams that are, are going to play District 29-6A. So that's that's going to be important to kind of get a little scouting report, you know, see how they match up with our with our, our side teams. And uh, then tomorrow I'll be on the 50-50 podcast premiering the new RPIs. There were some, cha- some changes, some new contenders, some, some surprises too with some teams that – you're going to just so tune in tomorrow and then we'll have our rankings on Thursday. So there are going to, like I mentioned, a little, t- little secret, there are going to be maybe some changes there too. There was a couple of upsets this past week. And then we're already talking about what the 22nd of March. Bracketology on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Uh, we all might be together. So that'll be kind of interesting. We may start it around mid-afternoon uh, for that here. Uh, you know, so I know I got the day off. Um, uh, Steve is going to host it and cook some barbecue. Uh, so we're going to try to do it all in one day. Of course, UIL, um, we need you to certify and get the brackets up. But <laughs> keep that keep that in mind here so uh march 22nd uh i believe it's march 22nd because matches yeah. start on the, 23rd. on the 23rd um and we saw that last year uh where there were a few matches and most of them were the, the 24th but um th- there is that possibility for there because they turn and burn uh for the uil playoffs just like they do for the um, taps Caps ones uh, as well. It, it, it goes quick uh, along those lines here. So 22nd, we'll see it. You and I maybe may do more shows kind of at, you know, after each round just to kind of highlight, mm-hmm. you know, highlight uh, through there here. But uh, for the bracketology uh, that is coming up, we're, you know, you know, we're about a month away from that. Uh, like I said, our San Antonio FC's two weeks, as we discussed, less than two weeks away. Uh, so Exciting times, yeah. On spring soccer too, we got some spring team or or our local college teams have some spring games coming up. I think UTSA girls are hosting a big. I think something big. I think at their complex soon. Uh, I'm not too sure what date, but I know they had some couple games on there on tap. Um, so hopefully they'll be able, to, like I said, to celebrate for their successful season this past year yeah i'm just trying to see back in action for spring season here they just put out a tweet it's loading yeah i've been watching uh, on their twitter feed they've been doing some some already some spring practices and getting getting everything prepared for this coming spring season. Yeah, I'm not. I thought I saw, but yeah, I'm not. Um, that a prospect camp. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Oh, spring schedule. Uh, yeah, March fourth against Houston. March twenty fifth versus UIW. Uh, April second, Seminole State, St. Mary's. 
4-7, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Uh, 4-15, I think it's at Texas A&M, Texas State. And then 4-22 versus uh, UTSA alumni here. So, yeah, they've got, what, six matches? Seven? Well, I'm not sure what the splits are, if those are two matches in a day or, you know, kind of – you know how, how those how, how those are going to go but uh i think that's at texas a&m uh playing texas state or along those lines so i'm, I'm assuming that's probably for recruiting right why they're doing this or yeah well so they get ready for the new season as far as just kind of kind of like with spring football it's pretty much it's the same kind of the same format oh, same concept mm. and admission is free and of course all those are you know um I'll draw a blank on their on their uh, the campus west. stuff. Sixteenth uh, yeah, Park West, Park, Park, Park West. Yeah, so I know where it's at. I'm just like I forget the name of it. But um, unlike the Rapids, uh, we are uh, hanging in there. The Rapids are getting blown out by the Sounders 3-0 in the 57th minute. So um, hopefully the US U17s aren't getting blown out 3-0 uh, by Mexico. That's two one. Uh, Two one, so US is coming yeah. back, and that's probably why on FS one. Um, yeah, at this point, or, or, and Univision, two D two D N, two D N. So, Rafa was fun. Uh, looks at here. I know you and I'll chit chat afterwards here, but uh, thank you for everybody tuning in. What's life without goals? Royce uh, is scheduled to be back for next week. Uh, I am going to see if we can still get together on Wednesday. Because uh, Royce was pretty up for the uh, up for the show, um, maybe see if Robert can you know can make an appearance as well because uh, we haven't seen his beautiful face in a little while uh, for that here. So getting closer, guys, uh, for that here. So what's life without goals? We're out of here. Hope everybody has a wonderful evening.